0: Filing on the pounds over the festive period, start the new year as you mean to go on with the Pot Producer Pigby Devastation Diet. You may wonder just how producer Ken does it. Well, now he's ready to share all. With booze, bad language, that all-important protein, and a choice soundtrack of cutting-edge podcasting, just watch the kilograms fall right off. Breakfast is six poached eggs, a glass of sherry, shouting shit into the toilet, and an episode of the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour. For lunch, it's a mayonnaise omelette, three pints of bitter, throwing some f**ks at the bus queue around the corner from your bedsit, plus an episode of the Peggy Mount Calamity R. At tea time, it's an episode of the Peggy Mount Calamity R, a 14-inch deviled egg flan, a bottle of port of your choice, and yelling bastards into the backyard. That leaves the evening free for you to enjoy yourself. Why not pop round to the buffs and sample their selection of organic real ales, plus have a cheeky go at the pickled eggs on the bar? Yes, with the pod producer Pigmy Devastation Diet, you'll just wonder where it all went. Make it your resolution to start experiencing life in lower resolution. Apply online today at peggymanpod.com. Uncorked on tonight's charismatic garbage.
1: I think the bit I like best is Chaz Gun. Yeah. I, I can't find the words. I guess I just I, I just ain't got it. And you're like, well, you know, given that on this particular track, you've rhymed easy with the word easy, and then you've rhymed anything with anything. Yeah, I think you might be onto something there, Chas. Put it down. <laughs> yes. This guy doesn't know what's happening. He's like Chick Murray. He's just been thrown in. and just like,
2: fucking sit there and sing. The audience sing.
1: Are a, The audience are at best behind and around him. They're not in front of him because of the way the Letty studio set He's letting pieces not
2: Michael Flatley for God's sake <laughs> but he's he stands up It's a double measure <laughs>
1: of <laughs> hey.
0: exit stage left
2: Are you all right? Hello, and a warm U tide welcome to the final Christmas edition of the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour before the big day. I'm Dr Velvet. I'm Blackout. And we're here because the Red Red Robin went bob-bob-bobbing into the blender after producer Ken left the kitchen window wide open in the middle of December. Joining us this very eve is someone who makes you feel like it's Christmas all year round, hungover, debt-ridden, but with an urge to sing along to Elaine Stritch on the hour every hour. It's Mr. Ozzy Bognops, <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> and do you know the only thing that's missing is the paper cut from the paper hat out the cracker. Other than that, there you go. That's me. There, there you team. go. How are you, sir? You good? Very well. Um, one bottle under, which is not a bad start given the early proximity of this podcast. That's fair enough. That's it. Now we do. We have received intel that you are out and about, and you're in the port fort. Where in the world is Aussie Bognops? The port fort in Baden Baden, A.K.A. Baden Baden. Excellent wonderful place wonderful place over to blackout
1: hello to you all and thank you for dropping into our casual christmas critique of festive television where britain's best loved battle axe is never far from the boxes because here all roads lead to the mountain if you go over to peggymanpod.com, info for the episode we're discussing is in the show notes you can find us on the socials get in touch to say hello or ask us how we haven't finished the drambuie yet before we get our beer on the sideboard here and let mother sort it out if he comes round here gentlemen i've got to ask what are we drinking
2: I mean, it's Christmas, and you'll notice I am consuming my drink in a glass with a denim-covered sleeve. Nice. There you go. You, you, see, you see that? You uh-huh. see it? Do yes. you like it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Denim-covered sleeve. Right. I am drinking a shaken, not stirred, Stevens. Beautiful. OK. Yep. It's a shot of leek liqueur, a double measure... <laughs>
1: I, I rescind the word beautiful, carry on
2: Wait, wait It's a double measure Of 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 old I was no good in the shop when I saw this Of old Franklin's double no. old, old.
1: Listener Listener, we've been recording this bit for 45 minutes now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Day two. No, there's a double measure of Old Franklin's two stick whiskey.
1: (laughs) 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 When you say a double measure, you mean two fingers, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Every time. With a splash of lime and a sprinkle of chalk dust. There there we
1: have it. There we have it.
2: Anyway, it tastes like arse. Mr. Bognops, Port! (laughs) Have you just smashed the glass? (laughs) No, I've just smashed it all over the mirror because given what we've watched, I think it was necessary. There you go. I am drinking a bottle of Ainsworth's Finest Boys. It's a really lovely port in a store. Fair play. But on the second (laughs) bottle... Uh, it takes the edge off the first <laughs> Good, Mr Blackout
1: uh, I have got a can of Christmas tart by the Amundsen Brewery in Oslo Now, the info bollocks says it's a choco orange ginger cinnabon tart ultra pastry stout but it also says that it's 12.5% alcohol so the end of term party starts right here God
2: almighty Yeah You've got two cans of that. (laughs) There's two cans sitting on the desk, right? I don't think you'll get through all that.
1: (sighs) Tasting it, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to get through one. Jesus. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Fair enough.
1: Well, it's like treacle mixed with toilet cleaner, but it's open now, so I've got to finish it.
2: There you go. I drank egg once. Anyway, (laughs) on to tonight's festive jamboree, (laughs) and that's exactly what it is. A musical pie and mash-up. Of raucous pub sing alongs and cloth caps, lifting of London Pride Ale. So let's gather round the Joanna for some leg raising with David and Charles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chaz and Dave's Christmas Knees Up was a one-off TV special centred around the titular Close Harmony Rockney Trio, because let's not forget their drummer Mick. It was produced by London Weekend Television, directed by Alistair Macmillan, and aired at 9.30 on Christmas Day 1982, a Saturday night right across the ITV network. Filmed in a studio facsimile of the roomiest East End boozer you've ever been in, this televised soiree showcases a handful of their hits at the time, as well as guest appearances from Jimmy Cricket and Cosmotheca, and onstage collaborations with Lenny Peters, Albert Lee and Eric Clapton. All of this is performed to an audience of Albert Square background artists interwoven with the set, who've been on the brown and bitter and jelly deal so long that they're poised to run the party through to Twelfth Nights.
2: Can I just say at this point, I'm now going to give you the TV Times listing for this particular show. <gasps> Quote, go on, go on. Taking advantage of Chas and Dave's run of hit records such as Gertrude, Rabbit Rabbit, Sideboard Song and White Christmas... LWT placed the two Cockney entertainers in their natural environment by building a full size replica East End pub in Studio One, even supplying real alcohol and a jubilant crowd of real East Enders for what was to become a very lively Christmas special.
1: Well, I'll take you back to your first point. Yeah. Sorry, d- sorry not your first. I'll take you back to their first point. Taken advantage of. the list four songs. Mind, the only play one of them here.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am, I am very, very thankful they didn't play "Rabbit Rabbit," mind you. Is that not a favourite of yours? Uh, no, my God, no. Uh, I'll tell you why. Not that it's a bad song, it was overplayed. For the love of God, yeah, that's right. Uh, f- for a while, because I think it was number one. I think it got number one, and um, yeah, it just um, well, every time Chaz and Davis mentioned, someone thought, "Oh, as soon as oh, let's put Rabbit Rabbit on."
1: We well, also got they to bear in more in mind that, that "Rabbit" itself is like a borderline novelty record. The rest of yeah, their stuff is their sound, but Rabbit is really the one that just ramps it all up to ten. So, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Now, does anyone have any memories of this particular programme? I personally do not. I remember being Chaz and Dave very much being a thing. Yeah, yeah. Back in the, back in the early 80s, obviously.
1: Uh, similar. I didn't watch this, Ozzy.
2: I didn't watch this, but all I remember is, was it not around this time that they achieved one of the best accolades of all, which was the two Ronnies ripped them off? yes. Absolutely, yes, around that time. Fair, fair. Yeah, you know you've made it when that happens. Absolutely. So let's get into it. We kick off with a sideboard song. I'm in. I am in. Uh uh I love uh this Uh track. Brilliant. Brilliant. You know, they set the scene visually. Uh, It's set in a pub, as we've established.
1: I love love that establishing shot where the show title is Vinyl on at the glass door. And they just pull out yep. from that and bang, you're under the show. Beautiful. Landing on yeah. all four wheels.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, setting a pub, as, we, uh, as I say, we've established. We look at all the people sitting round, clapping,
1: some dancing.
2: Yes, a lot of pogoing burks, by the look of things, to me. Uh, yes, now,
1: yes. Now, there's a lot of crowd watching in this. Listener, you know this. You know what we're like. Let's get this out of the way early doors. That blonde woman in the baggy white sweater is going to have a fucking seizure.
2: Yes, she yes, is. Yes, indeed.
1: Everyone else on set is managing to clap their hands without needing three foot of space around them.
2: <laughs> She's clearly trying to drown out the band. <laughs> yes. She really is. That that lady that you mentioned, the wannabe Barbara Windsor at the back, yep. um God bless her. Can I ask, what in the name of Colombian marching powder has she consumed in the shit house? Because yeah, yeah, I'll tell yeah. you what. God almighty <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it was. It was personal. <laughs> Because I'll tell you something else. There's a woman sitting behind uh, Mr. Charles who clearly has never drunk liquid before because she <laughs> does that thing where, you know, you see people in an advert and they take, like, a millimetre bite off a chocolate bar and their gobs full. Well, this woman yeah. Yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, raises yeah. the pint glass to her lips and that's as far as it gets. Then she puts it down and she sort of looks smilingly like, haven't I had just a massive drink? The, beer, the liquid hasn't moved in the fucking glass.
1: <laughs> well, no, no, that's because you, you remember on the old dumb Paddington animated series where Paddington was an actual three dimensional model and everyone else was just like a paper cutout. Yeah. Half the people in here are just made of cardboard.
2: Yes, they are. She can't yes, drink. This How- is true, actually, yes. They're quite two dimensional. <laughs> Quite two dimensional, <laughs> especially the bloke in the white cap at the beginning. He looks. Yep. He is basically um uh. Oh, what the fuck's the name of it? He is basically a bull terrier in human form.
1: Yes, he's solid. There are so many gangsters in this.
2: Ah, I'm glad you mentioned that, because, far be it for me to judge, but a quick scan of the audience would suggest that the Crewe Twins would not be out of place in this bar. Correct. What a collection of people. Correct. What a collection of people. <laughs> I'll tell you something. I reckon there's a small um, orange crate by the door which is full of guns and knives. So <laughs> yes, without a doubt. And... And it's a celebrity hangout. There are some lucky likelies.
1: They love, really are, yes, indeed. I love how Albert Lee and Eric Clapton are sitting just behind Chaz, having a pint. What I like is that they're low enough down in the shot that they're not on screen every ten seconds. You just think,
0: yes. is, is that Eric Clapton? Oh, OK. Yeah.
2: <laughs> now, oh, but not only that, though, we have, we have Annie Walker and Deirdre yeah. Barlow from Coronation <laughs> Street in <isn't> this. Yeah. <laughs> we That's also appear to have Harold Bishop from Neighbours as well.
1: Yes. 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 Again, gangster.
2: And also, there's some clear offcuts from the fucking good old days because they're clearly on I don't know the lyrics duty, and they're yes. the oh, ones that yeah. Alistair Macmillan concentrates on so often. Hell yes. Hell <laughs> yes. In. Not just the people themselves, but every bad fashion choice from the late 70s and early 80s is here. Uh-huh. And one woman appears to be wearing it's, all of them.
1: It's, it's a beautiful snapshot.
2: It is. The authenticity is stunning. <laughs> in terms of creating a typical cockerney Boozer... Yes. Um, it's, ..it's tremendous. The camera work itself is engineered to be raw mm-hmm. and natural... Mm -hmm. And you know what? It bloody works. Doctor, I've got a question. Are there 486 fucking cameras in this fake pub? Because I have never known (laughs) so many vignette shots per bar. Never mind per (gasps) verse or chorus, per bar. Well guessed, it's
1: 484. Oh, okay, right. I do like it when they'll quickly cut to one of the, like an audience member, who's just in the middle of a conversation during a song, and the editor's like, it stays in. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah absolutely. yeah completely yeah. and i mean spectacular shirts as i say you know the, some some of the biggest homage to fashions of that time and a few women appearing to wear all of them as multi-layers um, <laughs> yeah. most yeah. of them standing behind ladies and gentlemen the world's griniest drummer mr michael burton yes 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 well i mean that was his thing wasn't it indeed absolutely in his hat in fact i thought that the when I first saw this as a choice for us to watch on the preparatory streaming site, I thought there was a Chaz and Dave show that featured the Baron Knights, and they did a piss-take of Chaz and Dave, and the chorus was, because we are Chaz and we are Dave and Mickey Burt was on the drums. And I thought that was going to happen. Sadly, disappointed again. The (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, we do get the, uh, the sideboard song, of course. We do. And then we get... A great introduction, a fabulous introduction where it's quite clear that um, Dave has never actually listened to or been to any other country and only knows two places because Chaz wrote them into the verse of the fucking song.
1: Thank you so much. Ken, can you play the clip? Right, there's been a lot of songs written about uh, Californian girls and uh, Deutsche girls and all that. How's there, Dave? Care to name them for us? <laughs> no, no, Not all of the songs, just some of them. Just all of the lot of the songs. I'll tell you, what, I'll start you off, Dave. California Girls by the Beach Boys and Deutsche Girls by Adam and the Ants. What are the others, Dave? What are these other lot of songs about California Girls and Deutsche Girls of which you speak? It's all right, Dave. I'll wait. <laughs> Jesus. Now, in the subject of fashion, we've
2: we've probably been sort of looking at the birds during the songs. However there were two gentlemen in this song that really set my heart beating too fast that right. I had to start watching it sh- through me fucking fingers there was one bloke standing behind Chaz wearing a sm- he was smoking wearing a beautiful brown spotty shirt yes beautiful yes. Yes. but the one that scared me the fucking most is the guy with the rectangular head
1: positively <laughs>
2: fucking glaring at Dave yes. glaring at him the head glands are going like you'd never believe.
1: It's like they fucking filmed this in Wandsworth. It's, just...
2: <laughs> it's true. Yes. It's so true.
1: It's been in the audience here of Rough and Ready Cockneys. Um, there's a young lady with dark hair and a black outfit and a blonde one in a pink dress. Probably, they're probably both in their early 20s. You know for a fact that they were on their way to Top of the Pops when the floor yes. manager has just pulled them in here and made sure that they were in every other shot. Yes. Yeah.
2: True. Just give it yeah. a bit of pow.
1: There you go. You stand there.
2: And speaking of terrible fashion choices, ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Cricket. Oh, now here. I got annoyed here.
1: Now, go, now. we haven't compared notes to this. Now, I'm curious as to where we're all going to come out on this bit. Jimmy Cricket. You know you know Jimmy Cricket, the comedian. He's on next. So a bit of a break in the music, got a bit of variety going on, bit of comedy.
2: You know the one. Come here, all of that. Yeah. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, Yeah. you didn't mind Jimmy Cricket. Of course you didn't mind Jimmy Cricket. Agreed. I like Christmas... I think we should have it every year. Hey man, fuck off.
1: <laughs> see I see see I don't act. mind that. Yeah. I, I, in under the circumstances I don't mind that at all.
2: I sat through that
1: act wondering
2: how in the name of arse he got work on television.
1: <laughs> well I know I know actor Liz Dawn, There is
2: a point here, there is a point, which is his T V series were written by Eddie Braben, Mr see, and Wise. This this baffles me completely. Well, all right,
1: they weren't written by Eddie Braben. They were pulled out of Eddie Braben's bin.
2: (laughs) But this isn't Eddie Eddie Braben repertoire. This is clearly panto stuff. Yes, yes, it is. Now, this is my point. I didn't mind him as a kid, but that's it. He's the man. Is a child's party entertainer. Yeah, I totally agreed with that. Absolutely. Do I get the feeling that? Um, the laughter button and applause buttons have been both deployed here. It just feels like all of a sudden the laughter is quite loud and unusually for London Weekend Television, not compressed to fuck.
1: Well, bear in mind their crowd within that pub that you don't see like an extra seated audience. Uh, I would imagine their mic setup isn't correct for picking up. Laughter, the way it is, you know, because basically you're not trying to hear the audience the rest of the night, so I don't think they're mic'd up. Probably, see so yeah. I would imagine there's going to be some dropped in there.
2: If you're trying to infer that the laughter within the studio wasn't that loud, um, no, I mean it. You know, there was a, there was a bit of a, la- a bit of giggling going on. There was a, a decent reception to Jimmy Cricket, but that's because they've all been clattered on fucking lager <laughs> since to to the one point. o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon, to the point that even I found myself questioning. Um, Mr Cricket's accent particularly when he shouted about somebody there was there was shites out the window now I know it was shouts you know it was shouts listener but unfortunately 51 year old bognops is starting to think okay maybe there was more to this than we knew well yeah maybe right, about- I'm going to swim
1: against the tide on this I know that cricket has come in for a bit of stick around this parish, especially with the Liz Dawn debacle I think he's fucking good on this the best bit for me is that yeah, it's completely family friendly material I don't think it feels too out of place, bear in mind it's set in a pub and it's airing at quarter to ten he could easily have taken it, well another comedian would easily have taken it elsewhere he's just done this act and right, Ken, play the other clip this little Italian
0: came up, he said uh, a chimera he said, could you tell me the way to get to the next floor? I said, escalator. He said, I don't want escalator. I want to know now. <laughs> I think that's
1: a fucking solid joke, Flare to the man.
0: To
2: be fair, yes, that's a nice play on words, yes, that's fair. But it was clear to me that they just wanted him off Sharpish because it was almost like the Oscars. They simply played his music and he just reacted, oh, is that the fucking end of it? Is that, Do I have to get off now? Is that it? Yep,
1: yep, it has got a tight four.
2: However, brace yourself, <gasps> because... Because, because, ladies go. and gentlemen Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Mr Lenny Peters
0: Lenny Peters yeah. Lenny Peters the
2: Lenny Peters Minus Lee He doesn't know, but minus Lee he has no idea. <laughs> He's had a beautiful perm since the seventies.
1: I had to look up who this was. Oh, I right. Knew. See, I, knew. I didn't know that Lenny Peters was Peters and Lee. Yeah, I just yeah, see yeah. this guy who's a crossover between Cockney Wanker from Viz and the baddie from an early Guy Ritchie flick.
2: <laughs> yes, yes.
1: <laughs> He's wearing a cardigan which looks like the opening frames of the Rainbow title sequence. And enough gold to finance a revolution in a a developing country.
2: Now, I thought that he appeared to have a fucking Star Trek phaser on his finger. I have never in my life seen Elizabeth Welsh jewellery like that. My God. The man is incredible. This is
1: it. There's There's a fucking knife comes out of that. He was so wholesome in Peters and Lee. Here he looks like a man who will cut you right up, you slag.
2: He's bitter about the divorce. His, his oh, hair God,
1: yeah. is permed with the same acid that he will use to dispose of your body.
2: And of course, we then discover that he joins Chaz and Dave for a song. And well, only... hang on, hang on, hang on. Before we get to that, I have things about I have things about Lenny Peters Come that we've on. not yet discussed. Come okay. on, we are ignoring the grey slack.
1: The um, yeah. the concrete grey slack.
2: The concrete yeah. grey slack, the medallion combo with collared yeah. stretch knitwear accompaniment yep. mm-hmm. and, as you say, yes, his voice. His voice is like hitting an empty metal barrel with a Mel hammer. Yes. It's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he sings a song called Why Me Lord? And the whole audience off mic goes, Why'd you fucking think... <laughs> He appears to join Charles and Dave and appears not only to have the bubble perm and the very fine uh, knitwear and the concrete grey slack but he appears to have two fucking anvils for legs. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the fucking tap dance? Well, I would like to have seen him. I mean, it's like when he finishes the song. At least Stevie Wonder acknowledged in the direction of the applause. This guy doesn't know what's happening. He's like Chick Murray. He's just being thrown in and just like fucking sit there and sing. The audience sing. are
1: a, the audience are at best behind and around him. They're not in front of him because of the way the studio set up. He's not
2: Michael Flatley, for God's sake. <laughs> but he's he stands up. I didn't make him stand up. He fucking stands up. And then he says let's see you clapping. Um Lenny <laughs> Lenny love
0: Have you ever a bit
2: I always thought this was called the Hangover Song, and then I thought okay. it was called "It's Got to Stop." This is a song that's essentially made up of about two hundred and seventy-eight titles. It's actually called "Banging in Your Head."
1: That's right. It's a song about having a crushing hangover, so it's custom fucking written for this podcast,
2: isn't it? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> in fact, this should be this should be the new title of music. <laughs> and Mick doing the Phil Collins fill which is the only one he ever does. Yeah, I have to say it's by this point I think you would have to be incredibly cynical if you did not appreciate the fact that as a music combo Chaz and Dave are tight as fuck, mate. Absolutely. Absolutely totally with you on that.
1: This is the thing across all of it they've always been like a really broad target for taking the piss out of purely because of how insanely popular they were. They are fucking good as well though. Yeah, they <laughs> so, are. You know, they do their thing and they stick to their thing, but it's not even like it's not even like they started a bandwagon where other people started doing it. Everyone else is looking at Chas and them going, "No, they're the best at that. We there's no point even trying to fucking emulate it. Let them do it." Status quo syndrome. Talking about confidence.
2: The 1980s weren't We weren't. <laughs> you talked about confidence, you Speaking of confidence, the 1980s was a, was a decade of uh, a melting pot of fashion tastes. Yeah, yes, one it was. thing I would not expect to see is a pink mm. panther wafer coloured button over shirt. And I would definitely not expect to see it on a rock guitarist. Ladies and gentlemen, Albert Lee. <laughs> Another bepermed gentleman. Um, he's damn good at what he does, though, isn't he? Oh,
1: God, yeah. Absolutely. The audience are literally falling over themselves to dance. Because, you know, we've they been are. through... It's been through. It's yeah. been a bit of a fucking funeral. It's been up and down so far. Albert Lee takes the stage. This man is starting a fucking riot.
2: Uh, I will say that I hold the Dukes of Hazard responsible for the uprising of country and Western music in early 80s Britain. For and... Us? This man is flying the fucking flag.
1: Yes, and yeah, he's absolutely fucking nailed on, superb at what he does.
2: Yes, yeah. and in the middle of all this, we have this vignette saga of a cloth cap man dancing with a woman in a pink penny, uh-huh. um, and you know yes. it's all going splendidly well, right until the point that apparently, all of a sudden, a metal bar trips them both up. Yep. and they fall to the ground and down like carnage. two
1: sacks of potatoes it is mint Absolutely. peggymountport.com have a look on the show notes yep most yeah. importantly though Albert for, for all of the um, for all the collaborations we're watching here Albert could have joined up with Lenny on stage and they could have rebooted Peters and Lee why did no one there think of this
2: nailed on so next up complete change well I say I say a change of mood it's not really um, it's just carrying on a theme who are these two What were their names, Blackout?
1: This is Al and Dave Seeley, known as Cosmotheca. Now, Dave, as in Dave, Chaz and Dave, introduces these. He could not sound less interested in the next act. It's beautiful. (laughs) Fact. And as a slight aside listener, peggymountpod.com, have a look at the show notes. There is a link to this on, we'll say the name, on YouTube, which doesn't have Cosmotheca on it. But there is also a link to the version of this programme on ITVX. Much better quality, and it's got Cosmotheca in it. There we go.
2: Basically, they're... How can I describe them? They're like a stereo Richard Digents on ketamine. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: 100%. Don't do it again, Matilda.
1: Yeah. So, again, they've got the harmony thing going. They've got definitely got the humour thing going. It's more its more sort of humorous than, you know, Chaz and Dave, you can have a smile at them, but they're actually doing jokes in this song. Um, yeah. I think they're magnificent at what they do I don't think they're right for this show Correct <laughs> The pair of them, they're so tight They are incredible to watch bearing, yes. Again, bearing in mind how far away they are from the microphones The floor mm-hmm. manager's just like If someone coughs over the other side, we're getting that as well
2: <laughs> And this I song, think they would be more at home on BBC Radio 4
1: That's fair enough, yeah <laughs> See, this, this song, Don't Do It Again Matilda It dovetails so well with banging in your head. I can see why they were booked for this. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the evening is like bawdy pub humour. Cosmotheca are more of a saucy postcard. It, f- yes. yeah. You know what? Yeah. It feels like they should be playing castles in Stanley. There's a localised reference for you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's weird because I think Jimmy Cricket works fine here and he's, he's the stand-up version of Cosmotheca. So there we go, you know.
2: Yeah, they used to have songs like "I did what I could with my Gask mask and stick," and uh, "What a mouth," and lots of kind of music hall songs. But as you say, more sort of cheeky postcard than um, Richard Dighton.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to get onto the uh, onto the Apple's music and check this out.
2: No, producer Ken's got a LP in the you know the cabinet down the corridor. Oh, beautiful! Have a look next time you go to the shithouse. Yeah, on the right there moving on back to chas and dave ain't no pleasing you let's just drop the mood a little bit let's just calm us all right the fuck down
1: (laughs) yes correct yes It's a, it's a perfectly serviceable song, but... Where are the strings? Where, where are yeah. they? Thank you. I'm, I'm here in a string section, but I can't see them. Why would that be, you pair of miming bastards? But they're not miming. They are doing it live.
2: Absolutely. The answer is in the credits. Alan Ainsworth and his orchestra. What fucking orchestra? Well, without in the toilet. They must be <laughs> just off camera or they are under the bar. I do not know, but it's essentially a string section and very little else, because they are quite clearly doing it live. Because he gets a bit too close, Chaz gets a bit too close to the mic and um, pops it. So it is genuinely them. So clearly, Alan's in there with his boys, getting double bubble, uh, having the
1: night of their lives. I, th- I think I think they've paid with to play, but the budget didn't stretch to an appearance fee.
2: Chaz also gets a little bit close to the camera as well, because uh, is, Ch- is Chaz a wookie? <laughs> he's the hairiest man yeah. in the East End, but he's not the poorliest. There's a guy sitting behind Chaz who's clearly going to vomit all over his back after the final cutaway. It's just no. you can see the cheeks start to go, and I think this is it, the first one of the night. Thank you. You know what? Very you know what I say? you LWT. know that
1: if you're in there with them, Chaz, Dave, and Mick together, just smell of cigarettes and eels. <laughs>
2: In fact, the cigarettes and eels is the name of the pub that they built in Studio One, which <laughs> I was <think. laughs> going. Oh, anyway, right, okay, next on to the next song. Um, that's what I like.
1: Cheese and onion sandwiches, and I'll be trying to wear yeah. fiddles and jigs, woogie me dog me only by having a swear. Taking me dad for a pint or two on a Sunday morning stroll. Ligger pipe and baggy suits, Glen on up, scoring a goal. Catching a pipe and riding me
0: bike, I would have. That's what I like. That's what I like. Yeah,
2: essentially, this is 40 years later. This is Gammon's on Twitter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I was thinking more that this song was basically the inspiration for Billy Joel doing We Didn't Start the Fire. But that was 30 years ago, so yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arranged by Richard Digens.
1: <laughs> We're back to this sort of jaunty Rockney number. And you know what? The audience doesn't give a fuck. Oh, they're off! <laughs> they're playing this, and the audience are like, "What's this? Put, 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 put the Cosmoteegas back on!"
2: Yeah. But the director, Alistair Macmillan, who will come up in uh, another episode as well, um, it's quite interesting that he spends a lot of time with tight close-ups on Chaz and Dave, simply Mm. because they sing so fucking fast. You've got to be able to lip-read to keep up. I pity the people doing the subtitles on this show. Anyway, we move on, and uh, Eric Clapton appears. And looks (laughs) fucking delighted to be here.
0: Doesn't he? (laughs)
2: That man does not want to be there. He does not no. want to be there.
1: And yet, the crowd are f- on fucking fire again.
2: Oh, they go ballistic. It,
1: it turns out that the one thing that Chaz and Dave's audience really can't stand is Chaz and Dave.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beyond, oh, do the Gertrude one. Do the Gertrude one again. Do the sideboard thing. None no, of this other shit. They're shite. there for grog. They're yeah. there yeah. for the grog. Yeah. yeah. yeah they really okay. are. My, the Eric Clapton bit, the highlight of this section for me... I know what's going to be. ..was staring agog, and I don't use that word lightly, agog, (laughs) at Colin from Accounts, finally submitting (laughs) to the effects of angel dust... Yes. ..as he undoes his shirt sleeves and takes to the floor with all the finesse of Reed Richards Uh being used as taser (laughs) practice.
0: (laughs) save the knowledge that there's no way
1: he's going to actually appear on television (laughs) yeah yeah it's beautiful and then there is another chap
2: as well who is concerning me and that's the bloke in the bonnet because there's another one and it's quite clearly quite a nice sort of checkered bonnet who's clearly in his mid-60s and clearly with very nice dentures um, and he's dancing <laughs> yes, with uh, a yes. young bird. Now, that's not going any fucking further than Last Orders, I think. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the song that they're dancing to, that they're going mental to, Slow Down Linda. I tell you what, slow down everyone, because the crowd are now
1: nuclear. Yes, you know what? true. This, yeah. this is going back to Albert Lee. This is fucking good.
0: One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs>
1: Clapton's not really my bag, but this is like unironically timeless rock and roll. This is excellent stuff.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I I agree. And and I do not like Clapton, but this captured a moment. This was good. I just love the artistry of those two guitarists. They dovetail so beautifully. You know, it's almost like instinct leads them. I'll do this solo. I'll do this solo. And sometimes they only play like four notes in a phrase. But it's yeah. vocal, and it's gorgeous, and it's musical. It's not just junk, 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 junk. It's proper serious musicianship. And, that's, and again, that's that's the best thing on the stage at that point.
1: And again, you know that just out of short, Chas and Dave are to each
0: other, who fucking booked these? Ah, yep.
2: yeah. And, and Ed Captain's eyes is going, I was playing fucking Wembley last night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) right what what while we're on did did we say this was studio one yeah because i'm watching this bit and i'm like where is this taking place i know it's not a pub right Mm -hmm. but there's this like curved supporting archway up behind the band right and they're on this like raised dais and where you've got the main dance floor down on the front i swear to god this set is jabba the hutt's throne room repurposed (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now bear in mind they filmed Return God of the goodness. Jedi over at Elstree six months earlier I'm entirely serious plus Albert Lee his, his pink shirt his crossover shirt that you mentioned it's like the one that Han Solo's got on when he comes out with the carbonite
2: This is so what you're saying is this is Jedi the alternate version
1: kind of yeah this is like the, the Jedi Rocks Number in yes. Return of the Jedi, the extended version of that. mainly I just love the thought that there's a fucking rancor downstairs.
2: See, I took it from another perspective. I thought, okay, 1982, very cold, uh, unemployment. Um, have you got any set chicken spare? I have got this set from a film. I don't know. I mean, we only saw it for like 15 fucking minutes in the film, but uh, it's gone if you want it. I'll have it and I'll turn it into a boozer. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, fair. Anyway, we move on to a slow dance from Clapton and the gang um, yeah. because things have got way, way out of hand here. Now, <laughs> the cutaways to the crowd are beautiful because we, uh-huh. we are introduced to the audience holding their own most unlikely couple competition while the Absolutely. song plays. Well, yes, yes. There are people dancing together who you know... Would never even smile at one another in the street in normal circumstances. But do you know
1: what? I like this. That's that's the power of the East End.
2: It it is. I had to drop my cynicism at this point, uh, for a brief nanosecond, obviously.
1: This is the thing, right? If Chas and David done this song, it would bring everything to a fucking halt. Clapton does it. Everyone swaying and sing along and yeah, yeah, snogging. I tell you what, Eric is not getting any more phone calls to Hellbeare, is he?
2: Not at all. <laughs> nah. From ITV, nah. ever. <laughs> and it's as if, it's as if Chas and Dave have gone, well, we can do that. So they move on to the next song, which is Wish I Could Write a Love Song. Uh-huh. God Almighty, what a come down. Yes. Horseshit.
1: <laughs> Horse
2: what a shit. come yeah, again, down. Again,
1: this is it. It's like they're trying to capitalise on the, uh, on the, you know, the, the Lincoln Arms, the sing-along atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 In the opening bars of Wish that I Could Write a Love Song, you literally see the audience going to sit down. They do not give a fuck.
2: Indeed. <laughs> the seriously folks, song as i would call it the one where the well-polished entertainer would pull at the bow tie sit hang one cheek on a stool in a Uh spotlight with a lavish orchestra and the trouble is Charles and dave appear to have abba syndrome because there's eight tunes in this song
1: seriously this is the thing i was gonna say it doesn't help that the song changes keys more time than a fucking amnesiac locksmith it's fucking insane Yes. There's nothing to sing along to man, do the song
2: I almost get the impression That Chaz woke up one morning and said Dave, Dave, Dave I've just invented E fucking major Get it in a song But we only play songs in C Chas, no no no, it's got to have E in it E, 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 are you listening to us E, E major, be done More like be fucked Anyway Mind you,
1: Ainsworth's imaginary string section's back for this
2: it is, because they had to get the value.
1: Because
2: to... they were about to do, I think it was an audience with Tony Ben in the other studio. So that was...
1: And again, this is where the other thing comes back. There are harmonies running in parts of this song where Dave is nowhere near the fucking microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is yeah. Terry, just out of shot, press and play.
2: This is yes. in harmony or thirds, as musicians call it. <laughs> But it's the thing you said before, Doctor, it's status quo syndrome. If it ain't broke and it works and it's your style and it can only you will be the best at your style. I'm not gonna argue with it. I think it's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just
2: yeah, don't yeah. like this yeah. song. Yeah.
1: I think the bit I like best is Chaz Gun. Yeah. Oh, I I can't find the words. I guess I ain't just I, I just ain't got it. And you're like, well, you know, given that on this particular track, you rhymed easy with the word easy. And then you've rhymed anything with anything. Yeah, I think you might be onto something there, Chaz. Put it down. <laughs>
2: yes. Which means it is, of course, time for the ending medley. Uh, we're gonna give it to the girl next door. That's what we're gonna do. This Indeed. is what Apparently. the bit on the
1: ITVX website where it warns about attitudes. This is what this is for, isn't it? It is. Yeah.
2: It yes. absolutely is. Well, that, give it to the girl next door and the two fat polka, pardon
1: me? Yes, yes, <laughs> this yeah. is what I mean, yeah. yes. What's oh, going yes. on? It's two fat polka, that, that's just it's wrong on every two. level. It's you can get away with a lot.
2: Yeah, well. And then, of course, yes, And the medley ends uh, with Rolling Round the World. Now, I'll tell you what, I didn't mind that one because I've got fond memories of Mr Harmon singing this and I've been served. He used right. to sing that all the time. Yeah, yeah so yeah that was a positive out of that shambles <laughs> and then gentlemen it actually ends
1: it does it does we're, it sure we're done it does. for another year
2: and that is that so the question is mr blackout how many pegs will you clip to your braces whilst you walk like a cockerney geezer
1: well this is a program designed in a secret government lab to be exactly what's needed to revive the mood on Christmas night. When the dinner's gone down, the arguments have cooled, and the showcase drama festive special is finished and the drink is kicking back in, Chaster and Davros are bringing the boozer to your living room in a full technicolour yawn. Nine pegs. Kaboom!
2: Holy shit! Absolutely boom!
1: Yeah. Holy shit! What about you, Mr Bognops?
2: Well, nice premise, but... um... You know, a a couple of things. Firstly, let's not forget that this went down so well that the following year they had Scylla Black. Um, there's every chance that when these people leave the studio, all their cars are gonna be up on fucking bricks. And um the sound of this music tires the air after a while. It is essentially a music show. I get that, but um it's clearly two hours of recording, shoehorned into an hour. Um, I did my best four pegs
1: somebody's getting visited by three ghosts tonight absolutely <laughs>
2: home fucking bug
1: <laughs> yes
2: Dr Doctor. Velvet,
1: what what is your diagnosis
2: well this is a mood I'd enjoy if I was belted on the lager but I'd be terrified of if stone cold sober especially if I was sat in the pub it's a must watch for students of retro working-class high street fashion and a must-not-watch for anyone wishing for a quiet night in front of the telly. It's typical seasonal, feel-good television of the time and it takes me back to being an eight-year-old when the folks had had their friends round the house
1: for Christmas.
2: Eight pegs, you bastard!
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs> All
1: right. <laughs> and so, the <laughs> Dr Velvet, the question... Mm on every northerner fearing southerner's lips is how many steps would it take you to get up the apples and pears to the mountain?
2: Four! STAND ME! Pianoist Chaz Hodges appeared in an episode of The Life of Rock with Brian Pern, alongside Rick Wakeman, who rocked up in a 1988 episode of Hail and Pace that also featured Ainsley Harriet, who starred in an episode of Red Dwarf, next to Hugh Quashi, who barked his way through A Dream of Dracula, with Angel Harriet, an me, 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 ooh, marvellous. Nicely done. Blended Thank, Thank you. Thank loving you. you yes. loving the accent work on the Ainsley Harriet there. Thank you. Tribute to Vicar Dibley, yeah. Blackout. You've you've said what I'd written for this bit. How many can you do?
0: I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, do it in free.
1: Dromoist Mickey Burt appeared in an episode of 1989 Sketchpad under the auspices of Bobby Davro, who was part of an audience with Des O'Connor alongside Lulu, who sat on Terence Wogan's sofa in 1986, alongside Peggy Mount.
2: Me, me, me. Oh, matchless, matchless. matchless. Ooh. Wonderfully done, wonderfully done. The Bog Knops. Oh, fucking blimey, mate. Two. Best-a-wist Dave Peacock appeared in a 1980 episode of Tiz Was, which also starred... Bob Carroll Gs whose This Is Your Life episode was attended by. Peggy Bow. <laughs> me, me, oh, and some mistletoe you never know you like. Oh! Textbook. Textbook. <clears throat> <coughs> superb, superb. Right, that's that. I'm just off outside to kick a random stranger up the jenk, as hard as physically possible, whilst whistling the theme tune to Highway, because it's Christmas. In the meantime, Blackout's got your socials.
1: Yes, thanks once again for dropping round. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email peggymantpod at gmail.com or we are Peggy manpod on Twitter, Blue Sky, Facebook and the Instagram. Five-star ratings are always welcome on Spotify, iTunes or wherever you listen to us, especially at this time of year. Don't forget to go to PeggyMountPod.com to check out the show notes for this and for all our other episodes and to click through to our online merch stand to look for things to stick in your last-minute list for Santi. Better be quick.
2: It's as seasonably simple as that. It really is. Thanks once again to Mr Ozzy Bognops. Pleasure, gents. Pleasure. Pleasure is ours. What is ours? Absolutely. You looking forward to rehab for Christmas? Oh, absolutely! I never drink anything else. Excellent, good. We'll be back with our usual Hogmanay bag of vintage TV sarcasm on New Year's Eve. But until then, from all of us here at the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour, have an immaculate Christmas, and wherever you spend it, <laughs>
1: keep <Melon>. drinking. <Melon. laughs>